0: welcome to the author show where we feature new authors and books from fiction to self-help and everything in between you'll find it all at theauthorshow.com that's theauthorshow.com and now let the show begin hello and welcome back to the show this is your host don mccauley today we're welcoming the program author ken Perico, and he is the author of cautious story Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Ken, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: I'm a retired biology professor who grew up in northern Wisconsin. In addition to being a biology professor, I've always wanted to be a writer. I wrote my first novel about 40 years ago. It went in the drawer and never left it. Just like you wouldn't expect a new carpenter to build an elegant dining room table and do a good job of it the first time. It takes practice, and I believe that writing a book takes practice. So I, during the course of the last 40 years or so, in addition to teaching, I've written, well, I've written five books. Four of them are on Amazon now. The first one is still in the drawer. So tell us about your book. Well, Kasha's story is about The last 20 years of the life of an elderly widow named Kasia living in Kraków, Poland 500 years ago. But more importantly, it's about how she tries to do the right thing, especially with regard to the country's Jews and how doing the right thing ends up getting her into trouble. There's two main characters in the book, both of them strong women, who are dealing with big changes in their lives. We all go through changes in our lives, some of them bigger and some of them smaller kasha's husband dies and now she has to learn how to be a widow her strength she's a strong woman her strength is her love of family her curiosity about everything including spirituality and religion and her resilience the other strong woman is poland's queen born Sforza, who as a child lived in milan with leonardo da vinci when he'd come to paint his last supper she's brilliant She's beautiful, and she ends up marrying Poland's King Zygmunt, who is 27 years older than she is. She's had to move from Italy and its renaissance to this backwoods country in the far north, learn a new language where the king's advisors let her know they'd prefer they'd never had to meet her. Her strength, which she learned from her mother, by the way, one of da Vinci's lovers, is being very good at playing the game of power politics. The fate of these two women finally come together when Kasha ends up being charged with heresy.
0: Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here?
1: Well, I think anybody who likes to read interesting characters and interesting times will enjoy it. I think of Hilary Mantel's novel Wolf Hall about England's Henry VIII. It's a time period pretty much the same as in my book. In Wolf Hall, Henry VIII plays a game of hard politics to get an annulment from Catherine of Aragon, who happens to be a distant cousin of my Bona Swarza, Queen of Poland, so that Henry can marry Anne Boleyn. Kasha's story has romance in it, but it's not a romance. It has plenty of mystery in it. For example, who it is that tried to shoot the king through his apartment window, but it's not a crime thriller. Though there's plenty of intrigue around the wars inside Europe and threats from Russia and the Ottomans, it's not an action or adventure book. My target audience is readers of literary or historical fiction, especially those with an interest in spirituality.
0: So, could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book?
1: Yes, thank you, Don. Well, you know, we're living now through difficult times. You only have to look at the uh, news on TV or read it on your desktop or laptop. And Kasha and Boneswarza did too. It was the Reformation. If there's a central message, it's about how to be a good person. In one scene in Chapter 8 of my book, the king and his fool Stanchik are discussing a woodcut. And the woodcut shows how to rise through life's difficulties and reach what they call the castle of true happiness. Monarchs in medieval or Renaissance times, by the way, kept fools by their side to turn to when they needed someone they could trust and not be afraid to tell the truth to power. To reach the castle of true happiness, the king and his fool decide, and that's the story of my book, We Should Live a Virtuous Life. That means being empathetic, unselfish, and self-aware, regardless of the cost. Those are virtues that Kasha demonstrate, but the queen does not. If you think about it, who are the heroes in Western canon? Kasha's kind, who are the villains? Those who, like Bona, up, up to their waist in political intrigue, base their decisions on how to hold onto or increase their personal power, not on what's right.
0: So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Like I said, I think what we need to do is think about our decisions. And if we can, while we're doing that, keep everyone else's well-being in mind, in our heart, above our own. We have to take care of ourselves, but if that's all we worry about, we won't end up in the castle of true happiness.
0: So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why?
1: Well, I already mentioned Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall, which is a riveting read about Henry VIII and his court, Cromwell, Thomas More, Cardinal Wolsey, and of course his wives, Catherine and Anne. We all know some of this history built from interesting characters and interesting times. Hardly anyone knows about it, except in Poland, knows about it from Kasia's story's viewpoint. The story of King Poland's court at about the same time, his Wulstanczyk, his advisors, his wife, deserves being told, too.
0: So what can you tell us about some of the characters in the book?
1: Well, I've already mentioned Kasia. After her husband dies, she moves into a suburb of Kraków called Kazimierz. As a goldsmith, her husband had been making ritual objects for Kazimierz's Jews. Moshe Faisal, an important person among them, becomes a close friend of Kasia's. Her other friends include some she meets among the cities more educated at salons. She attends where topics like theology and politics are discussed. And then there is her own knitting circle. One of the more surprising discoveries in my research was that Poland's Queen Bona was writing to the Sultan Suleiman's wife in Istanbul. The Suleiman's wife, and this was a fascinating thing I picked up in my research, was a Polish woman who was kidnapped by Crimean Tatars and sold at Istanbul's slave market and then presented to the Sultan Suleiman as a gift. Their first night together, Suleiman fell in love with her. He convinced his legislature to change the country's laws so he could marry a woman out of the harem. It's a classic Cinderella story, which I'm sure intrigued Bona as much as it did me.
0: So, did your environment or upbringing, perhaps, play any major role in your writing?
1: Yes, that's also a good question. Like Hilary Mantel, I was raised a Catholic, and like her, I moved away from the church. You'll find this question of what role religion plays in our life in all my books, Remember Me Dancing, a book about Pliny the Elder called Pliny Remembered, as well as in this book. I see... Religious beliefs as important to us as reaching deeply into our souls and into our hearts where we should stop sometimes to think about what we have to gain or lose from allowing them in. I grew up poor in a town of 250 in northern Wisconsin, and when I was young, I worked on dairy farms to make money to go to college. From that, I think I can portray hard work and poverty from the inside out. Kasha in my book, was born on a farm and is traveling to her brother-in-law's funeral. And in the evening, while staying overnight at an inn, she watches a cow being milked and has a chance, once again, to drink the warm, sweet milk straight from the udder, something I've done.
0: So what can you tell us about this genre and why you decided to write in this genre?
1: I write mostly historical fiction. I like the structure that it provides me, and I really enjoy doing the research digging up little treasures like i found about leonardo da vinci and the wife of the sultan of turkey sultan Suleiman, and using that structure then based on what i've learned about the characters as i do my research i begin to fill them out and give them a life of their own i let them go then and take the story where they need to take it
0: so what's been your most rewarding experience since publishing your book
1: well, the book only came out about a month ago, and uh, I have a number of people who have read it, And uh, but the most rewarding experience I've had was advertising it on Facebook ads, some of them directed at Poland. And of course, there's a lot of interest in that period in Poland and in Sforza, and not so much in Kasia, she's not so well-known, but King Zygmunt and the history of the Reformation in Poland is of interest in Poland. And I've gotten literally thousands, almost 10,000 of likes on some of my post in Poland.
0: So how would you describe your writing style?
1: I'm not sure I can answer that question, Don. I write. I do it because I enjoy doing it. Along the way, I'm sure I've developed my own style, whatever that is. Marshall McLuhan, when talking about the media, said we should not ask a fish to describe the water. I'm not Hemingway. I'm not Faulkner. I'd be complimented if you called me Chekhov, but unfortunately I'm not.
0: Now, your characters, are they pure fiction, or do you draw from people you know in real life?
1: I write historical fiction mostly, but I put into my characters the attributes of people I know in my real life, and that helps bring them to life.
0: So if you had to choose, would you say you're more of a character artist or more a plot-driven writer?
1: I can't make that choice. I think both. I create a stage which history tells me about which is the time and place of my book i spent a lot of time researching what that stage should look like then i drop my characters onto that stage and tell them now you improvise they do and sometimes they surprise me where they take the story
0: now most authors have a very specific reason for writing a particular book what was your reason for writing this book
1: Well, I I wanted to remind people that, in a sense, there's nothing new under the sun. And that comes from developing themes and events in historical fiction, which reminds people, oh, I thought that, I did that, or that's happening again today. Yet everything under the sun every day is new, and that's the plot of the very book that you happen to be reading. It's the dance between what is new and what isn't new that to me, it makes a book interesting. I also want to remind people of a piece of history, which was Europe's Reformation, that was much like ours. They had a new technology, the printing press, which changed their ways of belief, changed their ideas, which shook up the cultural and social life of Europe. And we have now the
0: internet, which is doing the same. So other than selling your book, of course, is there anything else you hope to accomplish with it?
1: Again, to remind people that we can learn from history, that that if we forget the lessons of history, as George Santayana said, if we forget the lessons of history, we have to repeat them.
0: So in your opinion, who should buy your book?
1: Yeah, as i said before, anyone who's interested in interesting characters moving through interesting times, especially those who turn towards historical fiction or literary fiction or have an interest in what direction our spiritual journeys sometimes take us. And, of course, anyone who's interested in the history or people or culture of Poland will find the book interesting.
0: Do you have a website?
1: I do. It's www. Ken Perico, K-E-N-P-A-R-E-J-K-O dot com.
0: Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Ken Perico, and he is the author of Cautious Story. Ken, thanks very much for being with us today. Well,
1: thank you, Don. It's been a pleasure.
0: This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com and whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com theauthorshow.com Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.